because just because they don't become a customer doesn't mean they're not going to say, wow, I saw this amazing website with this great information. It looked awesome and tell their friends about it who do need your product or service. Welcome to the Content Maximizer Podcast, where we share ideas, tools, and interviews to help you maximize from the internet so you can get more sales, increase customer loyalty, and accelerate your market authority. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cho. Hi, this is Lisa Cho, founder of Content Maximizer. And I want to welcome you to another episode of the Content Maximizer podcast. Today, I have Alan Nunes joining us. Alan has been a professional photographer for 20 years with experience in many industries and still owns and operates a successful photography studio based in Sydney, Australia. In the last 10 years, he specialized in creative direction, graphic design, print management, digital and traditional campaign management. Over the years, he's worked on campaigns for medium and large business such as Samsung, Nikon Australia, Kimberly Clark Professional, West Farmers Insurance, Recall, and many medium enterprises. On top of all this, he's also the CEO and founder of Pixel Partners HQ, which is a specialist wholesale design agency providing back-of-house services for design studios, marketing, and advertising agencies from all around the world. He's passionate about helping business improve their marketing objectives, and you would definitely hear it from this interview. So now, let's get straight into it. Hey, Ellen. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? Excellent. How are you? I'm fantastic. It is awesome to be here with you today. Well, I've been hanging for this uh, for this podcast. Oh, look, you know what? I'll tell you a little secret. Tell me. So have I. I, I, <laughs> I want to excite your... No. <laughs> oh, stop it. All right. Let's just get straight into it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So, so Alan, just um, tell, tell me, tell the listeners more about, you know, your background and, you know, what's your business. Uh, because we, what we're focusing on this podcast is talking about images and how to utilize images better for our marketing. So what's your background in relation to that? Yeah, well, look, I am a, originally going back to my cadet days, I'm a professional photographer and I worked in a broad range of studios, people photography to product photography, motorcycles, press. And then I moved from photography into print and design. Now, I'm, I'm going to put a little side note there. Mm-hmm. I'm not a designer. All right? okay. However, I have spent uh, well over 15 years working with design teams, working in creative positions where I'm guiding the creative process. And I essentially have worked as a, as a go-between between clients and the creative people because they don't always speak the same language. That's my background. And today I, uh, I have a wholesale design and imaging uh, agency. So when I say wholesale, we work for the hardest possible clients out there, which are other designers and other advertising agencies and other marketing agencies. Awesome. So you would deal with uh, a large variety, both online and offline um, graphics, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I mean, we do. We deal with catalogs, uh, banner advertising, Google display ads, websites, mm-hmm. packaging, mm-hmm. signage, billboards, uh, bus advertising. You name the visual media, we do design work for it because we have quite a broad range of skills in our design team in mm-hmm. 
in our agency. Nice. Fantastic. Cool. Okay, so let's, you know, we talk about, you know, um, web graphic and print graphic. You know, maybe you can just share with us, you know, what is the, the main differences between the two when it comes to choosing images? Look, you know, that is such a, an interesting question because most people just see images and yeah. they expect them to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's one fundamental difference between print graphics and web graphics, and that is the resolution. Mm-hmm. Right? So we always advise our clients to start with a higher resolution image that mm-hmm. they can use for print, even if their intention at the time of design is purely for web. But to start with that image and then downsample it mm-hmm. uh, for web. So web always needs screen resolution, which yes. uses less dots. It's fast to load yes. uh, um, and it's generally optimised for that. Now, you can go from a print image mm-hmm. Yes. To a web image, but yeah. you can't go from a web image to a print image. You can't upsample an image, and that's a massive problem that uh, people just don't understand mm-hmm. when they're doing design and they're working with the design team. Well, you know, it's interesting that you said that because it's like not even in terms of um, you know design specific. We have clients where we help them with their website. And then they start, they, they've been to an event, they took a whole bunch of photos, and then they upload those photos straight to the website. And every photo they upload is like 20 meg. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, people don't realize that there is a difference. So yeah. what ends up happening is their customers go look at the photos and... It's taking forever to load. Yeah, and they just get bored and they might might see the first photo and the other 20 that they've loaded, they just go, oh, I can't be bothered, and they move on, which is terrible when it comes to marketing and getting your message across. We take it for granted, Lisa. I mean, we use things like Facebook, which allows you to upload any size image, and Facebook actually takes care of mm-hmm. converting the photos and optimizing them for their system. Yeah. So it pays to at least know. There are heaps of, of great tools out there that come with Macs and PCs these days, which allow you to, I mean, even iPhoto allows you to say, I want to use these photos for web. for web or email, and it will reduce the size of them for you. So it's not hard to do. You just need to be aware of it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so you know, you would have dealt with many, many businesses um, when it comes to graphics um, and images. So, what what would you consider to be like the top three mistakes that you see businesses make when it comes to choosing images for their marketing? Look, I think that there's probably one massive mistake, mm-hmm. right? And that is not engaging a professional to help you with the images. Mm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to hire a professional photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, It may just mean hiring a graphic designer to source high-quality stock images for you. Mm -hmm. You you can get beautiful images today um, from stock libraries, and and I'll talk about that in just a moment because there is an issue with with doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get these amazing images, but you need somebody who knows what to look for so you sit there and look through the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of images mm-hmm. that are there to find images that will connect with your customer and work well for its purpose. You know, yeah. so an image that you might use on your website may or may not be the right image to use in a magazine ad or on the front window of your retail premises. Mm-hmm. It may be but you really need a professional designer to, to, to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what often happens is people try and pick their own images. Mm-hmm. The landscape image, where it really needs to be a portrait image. 
or they won't consider that on the website it needs to be cropped to a circle or to square. Mm. So those little things often make a, a big difference. And if possible, I encourage every business to hire a professional photographer and have them come to your business once a year and build a portfolio of images. Mm. It's not terribly expensive mm. and the value is massive. You get what you want and it's personalised. It's not, not a random stock image. Nobody else is ever going to have that image. Mm-hmm. So I think they're probably, you know, the, the, that's probably the biggest mistake is not engaging a professional to help you with that process. It makes such a difference when you engage with a, a professional photographer or designer. The, it just makes your business look a lot more professional. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 just the sheer um, ability to catch somebody's eye in design is so important, you know, mm. and the right images help that a lot. When you've got the right image, you conveys the message a lot better. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people have very content, i.e. Fo- uh, sorry, text-heavy websites because mm. they think that's what Google wants. Mm-hmm. Really, the reality is you need to design everything you do, not for Google or anybody else, but for your customer. For your, yeah, for your customers and your yeah. prospects. Absolutely. You know, your prospective customers, your current customers and anybody else who engages with your business because just because they don't become a customer doesn't mean they're not going to say, wow, I saw this amazing website with this great information. It looked awesome and tell their friends about it who do need your product or service. Yeah, exactly. And, and you just touched on a point that I was going to mention as a, as a mistake number two is that... Um, and you talk about, you know, the search engine and so forth, is what you can actually search engine optimize your images as well. A lot of companies we see when they have their website and then they upload images, the image is like a code, you know, IMG0198, you know, whatever. And that is meaningless to the search engine. Instead, you um, you can search engine optimize those images properly. Yeah. Look, there's a few things that are really important with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm fairly passionate about this. And look, this is just my humble opinion. Yep. But being in the industry of imaging, going from traditional film and print to digital to web, mm-hmm. watching the evolution of where it's going, there are some massive mistakes that people have made and are making on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to use your images for web, you need to do a few things. Firstly, you need to be aware that not only the file name is important, so mm-hmm. at this point in time, rename your file name, right? So, And what should they rename it to? Something relevant, right? Uh-huh. You can fall into the trap of trying to keyword stuff your, your file names, uh-huh. but even if you use your company name and let's, let's say, for example, you have a stock image. It's got uh-huh. nothing to do with your business. You've got it from a stock library and it's a lady with a headset uh-huh. Doing customer service, phone phone customer service. Uh-huh. You can rename that your business customer service, uh-huh. uh, and that is going to do a mountain of good. There is another issue though, and what most people don't realise is there's actually metadata embedded in the back of that image, uh-huh. and there's also additional metadata that you can put on the website. Uh-huh. Right. So if you're using something like WordPress, when you load a new image, it gives you the option to put a description in, put in alt text. Mm-hmm. Put in a title, make sure you fill in those mm-hmm. um, and if possible, have a designer, uh, a Photoshop operator like an imaging expert or a photographer go through and 
customize the metadata in the image as well. Mm. Because if you use a stock image, mm-hmm. it is actually tagged in the back of the image that it's a stock image. Mm. You don't see it unless you know where to look. Yep. You won't see that. Now, that's okay today, right? But yep. if you look at where Google is heading, yes. image search, mm-hmm. they already have the capability. If I grab an image and I drag it into the Google Images search, like actually grab the image, not type anything into the search box, it will actually find all the similar images on the web of that image. Mm-hmm. So Google has the ability to look at the metadata in the back end and yes. work out that it's not a unique image, even though you've renamed it. Yes. And also, it's getting very good at actually recognizing what's in the image. So if you're using stock images, it's a great idea to put your logo on that image. It's a great idea mm. to customize that image, even if you add a small amount of text as a footer, I mean, obviously it depends on the design that you're doing, mm-hmm. where possible, have a professional actually do some additional work to the image. Because what's going to happen is, just like uh, you might not like copy, copied and pasted content, mm-hmm. they devalue anything they believe is duplicate content, Yes, they eventually will do the same with images. Yeah, d- so. definitely, because Google love original content and that, you know, whether it is text, whether that is um, images, whether that's video, they definitely place a lot more value on original content. So, yeah, you if you get stock images, one of the things that we do for um, our clients with you know, when we help them with stock images, say for their blog post, is we put their uh, logo as a watermark at the bottom right corner. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and make sure it's clear, right? A lot of people will watermark it and make it a little bit faint. Uh-huh. Make sure the logo is clear because Google will be able to read that text oh. in the future if they can't already do it now. Interesting. Right? Okay. So, you know, say, for example, I was typing in Content Maximizer, mm-hmm. you add Content Maximizer in the image, mm-hmm. it will find those images even if they're not named Content Maximizer. Really? Wow. Geez, yeah. Google's getting smarter and smarter. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, is they're not, like a lot of things, they test a lot of this stuff in the background. So again, it's not something that they're actively doing mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the trends of what they've done, that will be the next inevitable step. I mean, you can already do that in a number of applications. So things like Evernote. Mm-hmm. If I drop a photo into Evernote, if there's text in the photo, it recognizes the text. Mm, okay, there you go. So basically, you know, we talk about the, the top three mistakes is number one, engage a professional. Otherwise, you know, you, well, you just want your, your business to come across professional. So you want to use professional images. And then secondly is, um, don't upload massive photos and images onto your website. Actually, adjust it so that it is um, good for the web, so it's quick download for people. And thirdly, um, search engine optimize your images so that um, you know Google will be able to know what that image is about and see it as original content and then um, help you to rank better for, your, for the image and the website overall. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's focus on the web for now. Um, you know, what do you think, you know, some of the key things that people need to focus on when it comes to like building landing pages? So when I say landing pages, I mean like sales pages that you want people to take action. You know, are there certain things that people should should focus on when it comes to images for landing pages? Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, the first thing is there is no right answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, when you engage a professional they are going to think firstly about best practice, right? Yep. 
then they're going to think about your business and your clientele and try and find a starting point that they believe is going to give you the best result, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and then test from that. So, you know, depending on what kind of product or service you offer, uh, obviously a really high quality image of your product if it's a product, right? Mm -hmm. Not a photo from your iPhone taken on your desk, you know. Mm -hmm. Have a professional do it. They will get the right camera, the right lens, the right lighting, the right angles, and they will make your product look awesome, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a service, you know, happy, smiley people, you know, get get them looking at the camera so that when when your prospect or your whoever's looking at that landing page gets there, they actually, you know, get eye contact with, with that photo. So there, there's, there's things like that. But look, we're talking about images and at the moment we're sort of focusing on photos. Mm -hmm. But there's another really important type of image that you've got to think about, which is custom graphics. Oh, you know, okay. Everybody can make, you know, a diagram in PowerPoint these days or Keynote or uh, any one of these desktop publishing programs. Right? Mm -hmm. But again, if you, have, if you take what you've done and you give it to a professional and ask them to optimise it and brand it and design it to work for your landing page, you will have something that is far more refined. And people recognise the difference in quality today. I mean, mm. if you take... A company like Coles or Woolworths as mm -hmm. a great example. Yep. In the old days, they had their old, you know, red and white, red or black and white um, home brand jars and tins and packaging. Yeah. Yep. And then you had the premium brands, and the premium brands always looked amazing. Yes. Beautiful product images on the jar, very nicely laid out, well researched colours. Woolworths now go in and try and find one of those red and black packages yeah they've they've realized that people understand the difference in quality when it comes to design yes. so why why would you do that to your own site why would you take something that you think you might think it looks great you know and there are a lot of talented people out there but trust me when a designer gets their hands on even the best diagram that i've seen people make and mm -hmm. they find it the client is blown away by the results yes. and there's a knock-on effect when it comes to conversion on those pages. Yeah, you raise a really good point. And, um, and it's beyond just landing pages, isn't it? Like even like PowerPoint presentations, like corporate, um, broadroom presentations, being able to utilize images better in those presentations will have a huge impact on the conversion rate and the ability to, to deliver your message across, especially if it's a sales presentation. Oh, absolutely. Look, we deal with massive multinational clients mm -hmm. and they spend their teams, their marketing and sales teams, spend hours and hours and hours developing their PowerPoint decks for a specific presentation that could be worth a massive amount of money for them. Yep. And then, or actually not even a massive amount, just about any presentation that's going to have a return or potential yes. they spend hours putting it together. Then they concede and send it straight to us knowing that we're going to have it look better by the time it's finished mm. so <clears throat> again it doesn't have to be a massive expense yes it, it's worth every cent actually there's a bigger return that you'll get on design than what you spend a lot of people are intimidated by um, having to pay for professionals to do these things because it's so easy today to desktop publish uh-huh but people recognize quality yes yeah, definitely. So, okay, cool. So now another really big one when it comes to graphic and design is the um, display ads. You know, so, you know, display ads very often there's um, 
there's a lot of images in that. So do do you find um, what's your thoughts on you know what type of images work well in the display network? Wow, that is a massive question. I mean, when we talk about display ads, too, I mean, we could probably bundle in Facebook advertising, remarketing, um, Google display ads, and even ads on your own website advertising your own products. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, I guess if you ask me what images work better, uh-huh. uh, I always encourage people to start with a set of ads and test. Okay, so mm-hmm. our classic example is what we call a three-by-three three, uh, grid. Okay. So you have three headlines mm-hmm. and then you have three images. Okay? Right. And you intermix all of those to come up with nine ads. So uh. essentially you have you know, the classic example that we would use for just about every business if they had no idea where to start uh-huh. be a male-oriented image, yes. a female-oriented image, uh-huh. and a product or abstract image related to the theme or topic or uh, industry. Okay. Right, okay. So you might have, uh, you say it was an accountant, yes. you might have a man in a business suit, a businesswoman sitting at a desk, uh-huh. um, and the third might be, you know, what looks like a chart of accounts and a calculator. Right. Okay. Fantastic. So, yeah, you know, is I've heard that with um, display ads and talk about like, for example, female image, that a brunette converts better than a blonde. <laughs> Have you heard of something like that before? I've heard of all sorts of things where people say this converts better than that. Uh-huh. You cannot put uh-huh. a general broad brush stroke solution across every industry. Mm-hmm. You know, we I've done jobs where we were absolutely positive that the female image would convert and the male images converted. Mm-hmm. We've had stuff where we swore that image ads would be the best and then in our split test sets, we've all, we also create uh, text-based ones. So they're, yes. they're nicely branded but they don't necessarily have any photo on them. They might have a graphic or something like that. And we've sworn that the people would convert and it turns out that the graphic converts. So... What I tell people is you must use images, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot start without using images. If you do text only or you do images only, you're doing yourself a disservice. Right? Yeah. And then test. Find what works for your market and your industry and build on that. So if you find females work better, then you test blonde versus brunette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you raise a really, really good point there. Very often we got clients that ask us, what do you think? Should we use this headline or that headline? Should we use this image or that image? And my answer to them is always, I don't know. Um, and you won't know. So the best thing to do is actually test both and do split testing and let your market tell you. And that's the joy of display ads today mm-hmm. is you can do that. I mean, I, I mean, I've been doing this for so long. We were around well before display ads. So to split test a headline on a full page press ad for example, mm-hmm. mean that a company would have to run multiple press ads that cost them, you know, yes. five figures. Yes. And on a women of press, see if they get a different result because there was no way to measure it. Correct. Today, for a very, very small expense, you can have a designer set up the split test ads for you. You can roll them out and you can use a very small budget until you get enough data to say, we have one or two winners. We're going to refine those and then set up another split test ad for something different. Yeah, that's the beauty of um, online marketing, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. It's, it's fantastic. You just can't go wrong. If, yeah. if you think about it the right way, you can't go wrong. Most people fail because they design one ad, mm-hmm. put it out there and nothing happens and yes. then they wonder why. Yeah, that's the thing. Test and measure everything and then you can always optimize and that's, that's what we love about online marketing and digital marketing. What about in terms of, you know, social media and images, you know, things such as Facebook or Pinterest and Instagram, you know, what's your thoughts on, on all of that, you know, when it comes to um, images at, for, for businesses and marketing? Okay, so social media is a whole other beast. Mm-hmm. I, and, I mean, we're, we're kind of throwing social media all in together, yeah. but I think you really have to think about where you're putting your images. So, for example, if you're using LinkedIn, yes. your images should be sharp and refined and potentially the same type of images that you might use in a high-quality brochure uh-huh. because it's a professional market. Yeah. Right? Um, whereas if you're talking, say, Facebook, yes. okay, Facebook, you want something that feels real. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say take your own photos. Yeah, that's great, but a lot of people still take terrible photos. <laughs> and, and, and don't get me wrong, the iPhone 5, as an example, with smartphones and the Samsung Galaxy, yes. take the most unbelievable yes. photos. I mean, yes. they take better photos than my Nikon D1X that I bought uh, 14 years ago, <laughs> one of the early digital cameras that was 1.2 megapixels and cost me over $10,000. Uh-huh. Know, so my phone in my pocket takes better photos today. But that doesn't mean that they are photos that people are going to connect with. Yeah. So again, take your own photos but engage a professional. Mm-hmm. Have them say, listen, we want a face, we want these images for Facebook. What are the right images? You can find a lot of great stock images that look like they've been taken by you, potentially. Oh. You know, that don't have to look quite as refined. Mm-hmm. You do have to know where to look. There are different stock libraries. Some stock libraries, they're all really fancy images. Other ones tend to look a little bit more down and dirty and, and you know, they're often the, the cheaper stock libraries like, uh, say, Reflex Stock or something like that. Right, but, um, okay. But make the, if it's Facebook, make them look real. If it is um, Pinterest, mm-hmm. right? Pinterest is a whole other beast again. Yeah. You want, look, I'm still unsure as to, you know, what the best solution for Pinterest is today, uh-huh. but you want them to be elegant. Yes. No matter what your your market is, mm-hmm. it's all about the images on Pinterest. Yes. Right? So they have to have an element of refinement. That doesn't mean you can't take them yourself, but do a little bit of post-production on the image, you know, put a nice border on them, add yeah. your logo to the corner, apply a small effect. Um, I mean, I think you did a podcast not long ago about, you know, an iPhone app. Yes. Phone app that, mm-hmm. you know, add those little effects to, to your photos. That's right. Yeah. I'll, I'll attach it to this show note is the um, Camera Plus app that you can, you know, just run your pictures through just to give it that a bit of effect um, for things such as, you know, Pinterest or, or Facebook, for example. But for something like LinkedIn, yeah, you definitely want something a lot more sharper, a lot more professional, um, you know, engaging, you know, professionals like, like you guys to, to touch those images up so that it's at the right social, um, social media platform for, for those audience that are hanging out there. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean... I have seen people literally destroy beautiful design by using bad images, mm. you know, and, and that can be done on any level, whether it be a website, LinkedIn or Facebook, 
if you use the wrong image. So Facebook, a lot of people were trying to do Facebook posts with these beautiful, clean, crisp, um, <laughs> almost, you know, uh, um, corporate brochure images. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't look right. No. It, it looks out of place, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then you've got other people that have got, you know, great LinkedIn profiles and then they're using these crappy photos that they've taken <laughs> off, um, yeah. off their iPhone or people who have these amazingly beautifully designed, professionally designed websites mm-hmm. and then they're featured product images, amateur at best. Yes. You've got to get it right for yes. that specific need. It has to be well thought out and suit the purpose of the yes. Yeah, that's, that's a really great point. So, so I mean, look, we are approaching towards the end of our podcast. You know, it normally goes for around half an hour. So, Alan, if there's one takeaway that you want the listeners to get from this podcast that can help them with their business through uh, images and graphics, what would that be? I think do more of it, uh-huh. right? Get, get good at it. You know, um, not every business can afford to pay a professional. So really take the time and look at your images and ask yourself the question, is this the right image for where I'm putting it? Yes. You know, open up Facebook, open up the Facebook group that you might want to post it at, take your photo, open it next to it and just make an assessment. Does this look like everything else that's been posted? Mm -hmm. Do the same with LinkedIn. Do -hmm. the same with your competitors' websites. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it doesn't meet that standard, try again, you know. There are... Heaps of free tutorials on YouTube and, and online on how to take great photos with little Instamatic cameras, with entry-level SLRs. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. some of these entry-level SLRs that you can buy for a few hundred dollars today mm-hmm. can allow you to take images that are just as good as the professional equipment that I have sitting in my studio today. Mm. You just need to know how to use it. Yes, and there are a lot of information out there, isn't it? Yeah, and then everything else we spoke about, you know, name the files correctly. Make sure they're unique to your business. And if they're not, if they're a stock image, have somebody edit them so that they are different from the original stock image. So just just really think about how important imagery is in your business. Yeah, awesome. Well, Alan, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You have shared a lot of gems throughout this uh, this podcast and I'm sure the the listener can um, can utilize from for their business. So thank you once again. You are very welcome. It was great to be here and I really hope that uh, the listener got some gold out of that and um, you're more than welcome to post some contact information for me if anybody has any questions or just contact uh, Lisa at Content Maximizer and I will happily answer anything that anybody wants to ask. Thank you. And for anyone who wants to learn more about Alan's business, they can go to pixelpartnerhq.com. Is that right? That sounds right to me. Awesome. And we'll also include the link in the show notes. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Lisa. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this episode and found a few tips that Alan has shared that you can implement into your marketing. If you like this show, I would love a review from you on iTunes. Also, if you know other people who can benefit from this podcast, it would be great if you could share it, like it, tweet it, Google Plus it, or do whatever you want to do with it. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll see you at the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Content Maximizer podcast. You can get a full transcript of this episode, plus access to a lot more free online marketing tips at contentmaximizer.com. See you at the next episode.